This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast. I'm your co-host, Adam Bell, and joining me as always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. Good afternoon. <laughs> afternoon, Peter. Uh, we are recording on a different medium today, and uh, Peter took a screenshot, and I'm going to post it on the website because it's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. <laughs> an awesome co-host needs an awesome screenshot there we go yeah so today is our episode 45 and we have tim richter on the line with us welcome to the show tim hello how are you i'm we're doing well doing well are you uh are you waiting for a storm today actually i am did the storm hit you already because usually you know you're you're right before me uh, it is scheduled to hit here around one thirty, so we'll be we'll be done recording and and I'll be in my bunker by then, so we'll be safe. <laughs> I'm supposed to be I'm, I'm supposed to be hitting tonight. <laughs> yeah, we've got a northeaster nor'easter this that is coming this. Way. It's beautiful and sunny and clear out right now. So I think as soon as we're done, I'm gonna walk down the street to my favorite Brazilian barbecue and get a snack. But uh, after that, it's gonna be hunker down time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, speaking of barbecue, you know, I, I was in Puerto Rico last week uh, and they had along the, the roads the, the the pollo al cabón, which is like, oh, barbecued chicken, chicken on a stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and we did. I ate chicken off. I ate chicken off a stick by made by a street vendor and it was really good. <laughs> So, all right. So, Tim, you know, this is your uh, second time on the show. The last time you were here with us, uh, you talked about bees uh, as you being the assistant beekeeper. How is yeah. life as the assistant beekeeper right now? Um, uh, okay, but we're mourning the loss of one of our hives. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Uh, what ended up happening is that we, we think it happened uh, either l- late in the fall or very early this spring. Um, because we've had such warm weather, cold weather, warm weather, cold weather, there hasn't been, uh, you know, what, what happens is when it's warm enough, they come out of their hive, they relieve themselves, they uh, kind of fly around, spread their wings around, then co- go back in. And so we feed them a sugar water solution. There's two different concentrates. One concentrate is for them to start building comb and the other concentrate is for them to actually lay up some of it in case there's not enough nectar that year for them to produce enough honey to survive. And so um, we think after opening up the hive that um, there, there was a whole bunch in one, one half of the hive, uh, there was a whole bunch of crystallized sugar water. So we think that, in fact, one of the times, one of the jars emptied so quickly, we were just amazed. We put another one on it, no big deal, figured they just were really hungry. Um, but uh, there were some dead bees in it, and we think that uh, possibly the queen drowned. And <laughs> it, it, 
pretty pretty much pretty much what happened was when you all see this picture of Peter, that's what all the rest of the bees did when the uh, when, when, when when the when the queen drowned. So uh, so well, well, we collected all the extra honey that was left over because we went out there, you know. And actually, we we kept feeding it. What was interesting is the sugar water kept going down, and we figured out the bees in the other hive were exiting their hive, going into this hive, going over, taking the sugar water, then going back to their hive with it. <laughs> so, Make lemonade uh, or exactly, honey. Exactly. So, so exactly. It was. It, it was. It was. It. It's sad in the fact that. Um, in the fact that you know we lost one of our hives, but now we have another hive. So when when our hive splits, we'll it will just put it into that box. But the other thing is that. When we, uh, you know, now I have uh, ten quarts of nice fresh honey sitting on my cupboard rail. Nice, and and you're going to use that as supplemental income if you don't do well this year in IT, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh huh, uh huh, yeah. Uh, but so, but, so, but Tim is a master marketer in IT and small yeah, business. No, 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 no. He, he has no need for any extra money. <laughs> you, you, you know, you, you know what I do with it is I bottle it in these small bottles. I have a pre-printed label that said uh, that says, uh, "Thank you for being a customer of Arcor. We hope to be sweeter than this honey to you." And, and you spell I, all the bees B E E, right? Yes. Yes. And uh, and then uh, we, I put Richter apiaries down in the bottom. But you know, and then I give these little itty bitty bottles out to customers. Nice. You know, I bring in I bring in ten, twelve of them. You know, set so, them on the lunchroom. So Tim is making money with his honey. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> well, somebody's got to. <laughs> Careful. Your, 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 honey, your honey's not making money. <laughs> Careful. Or, 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 or am, I the, uh, am I speaking the elephant in the room? This is being recorded, Tim. <laughs> and being broadcast live to you know, maybe, maybe tens of listeners. <laughs> are, are, are we live anywhere? Uh, we're not live, but we should ask you about how you're doing this Facebook Live thing. Are you having guests on like simultaneously two live streams, or is it just you? Uh, right now, it's just me. However, I'm uh, going to be starting a Thursday Arcor Answers Questions at noon Eastern. Uh, it'll be starting next week. Uh, and I will be uh, I'll be taking questions. Uh, the first two weeks, my plan is to take written questions off of Facebook uh, and any anyone that emails or chats in. Uh, after that, I'll have the software in place where I'll be able to uh, bridge in a conference call, and I'll be able to have people dial in, and I'll be able to unmute them just randomly, uh, and uh, be able to have them ask questions. Nice. Jeez. We must tackle Tim next week. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I put it in the calendar right there. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Bob. <laughs> we have been, um, we've been trying, we tried a couple times to do uh, Facebook where we would both be live streaming. And we found a tutorial that tells us how to do it. And it doesn't work. 
<laughs> so I was wondering if you had done that before. Um, I have not, but I plan on trying that out. I am going to be using the uh, a product called Wirecast by Telestream. Okay. So you have a separate product for that because we were led to believe that Facebook let you uh, just do that manually. They they do they do the the issue is is that you can if you do that you're only live streaming to Facebook. I want to live stream to Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope at the same time. Right, but we haven't been able to get Facebook to actually do it because you're supposed to be like able to click on someone or tap on somebody and swipe and add them, and there's just no option to actually do that. No, I mean the only the only thing that I've used is I've used my Zoom account to be able to do it and the way that Zoom handles it is the person that is talking is showing. So mm -hmm. if you're talking you're showing and then if Adam starts talking his video takes over and so forth. If both of you are talking I'm not sure what happens. <laughs> well that's when you need to step in and play referee. That's what happens. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, so Tim, uh, tell us real quickly about, about your company, Arcor, since we've got everybody listening want to know why they should listen to you. <laughs> because you got me on here. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> all she wrote. My, there, you go. there you go. My name is Tim Richter, and I'm president, co-founder, co-manager, head honcho, security expert, all that jazz, at uh, Arcor Technologies. We have been in business for 20 years this year in uh, Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina. I'm just expanding to the Greensboro area, just starting to right now. And we're essentially a, a full service, managed service provider, computer support company that uh, much of our focus is actually in the security area and we deal a lot with uh, physicians offices and attorneys offices but it really it's any small to medium-sized business that's mainly a professional services business that uh, needs help with uh, making sure their office runs smoothly mm -hmm. well and, and how's how's the IT market in Raleigh like, well, I've, I mean, is I mean, it busy or, you know, there's tons of competitors. I, I mean, I, I'm not, uh, I, you know, my company's not the only game in town. Mm -hmm. But well, uh, have you thought about changing that? <laughs> <laughs> if Peter yeah. is in the Northeast, he is Greek. He can, he knows people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, watch out for the Greek. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've tried. I've tried a little bit offering, you know, uh, offering uh, something and they can't refuse. But the, <laughs> but no, the uh, it's it's it, We have a lot of businesses, but there's a lot of competition for this. And mm -hmm. uh, the, I mean, as with you in both of your areas, the need is there for every single small business. Uh, but it's it's two things. One, them seeing the need, but more importantly, two, is making yourself unique in the market where people seek after you. Mm -hmm. And that's and that it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're selling honey. It doesn't matter if you are uh, selling you know pictures of Peter. I uh, <laughs> it, it you know you, careful you know, now. <laughs> 
<laughs> not those pictures. I, I those pictures are in a safe. But uh, <laughs> but the uh, but it, you know, it doesn't matter what you sell. You, there's there's still basic steps and basics. Basically, you just need to put yourself in the market and show a uniqueness and uh, and have consistency. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that, and that kind of leads me to why you're here today. You know, uh, Peter and well, the three of us were all in a marketing group together, so uh, we have all spent time and money doing marketing. And uh, you've had some really good success in, in a couple of different marketing programs. And, and I would almost say that you've kind of made your own successful marketing process. Uh, and, and everybody has to make their own process. And today I want to get the, the, the silver bullet. What's the, what's, what's the magic of, of making marketing happen for a small business? And you've got that, right? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I think you just touched on one of those principles, though. You know, this whole you got to position yourself. But why is my phone ringing? And um, you got to be like unique and stuff, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There, there, there are there are several points. One is one is uh, consistent uniqueness. I mean, you're you're very correct, Peter. I believe that the core is consistency and hard work. Hmm. Sounds like the secret to uh, success with a diet. Or good luck. Isn't, isn't that how luck works? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you. I have not found luck to be consistent. <laughs> no, like... Uh, if you work really hard at it, it does. Yeah. <laughs> there, <you go. laughs> People, uh, there have been different... Not that I would ever want to quote Ashton Kutcher, but he was uh, doing kind of a presentation uh, to students, you know, and... You know, he was saying, you know, people tell me how lucky I am and how lucky I was in this and how lucky I was in that. And he said, uh, my good luck seems an awful lot like hard work, you know, like all the things that he did to be in the right place and positionally t- for these, quote, lucky things to happen. I don't think he was the first one who said that. No, no. Somebody else said it, but I heard a, I think it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vanderbilt dude. Uh, the Commodore. I don't know. It may have been pre- now. I'm gonna have to look it up. So go ahead, wasn't Tim. He with, Carry on. Wasn't he with uh, Lionel Richie? <laughs> Lionel Richie. Yeah, he's the one the who uh, brick house. He wrote that. <laughs> I, I thought you. I thought you guys were gonna break into ebony and ivory or something. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So Tim. So tell us some of the things that that you do marketing you you explain that you've got to be unique um and well, you've got to have a unique selling proposition exactly exactly and not you can't just have one uh i've mm-hmm. now defined 12 separate unique selling propositions that i have some of them are weak some of them are strong but i can because i've taken and looked at what my competitor base is when i walk into a company based upon the market that they're in the vertical that i'm working with or the competition that i have that are that i'm working against there i can put forward the unique selling propositions that would best fit Mm -hmm. so that that's the first but really i have to say that uh for me it is 
consistency. And, and guys, I mean, you've seen this before. I mean, just literally the fact of sending out a newsletter every single month, and I say every single month, mm-hmm. at about the same time, on a consistent basis to a consistent group of people, eventually when they need, when they have a need, they're going to say, you know, here are these people that are sending me emails. Here are these people that are sending me paper newsletters. Here are these people that are calling me every couple of months. Here are these people that uh, I see all the time popping up on social media. I better give them a call. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's it's, it's it's consistency. I, I don't I don't care what you do. I well, I do care because you know you gotta you gotta focus in and direct but um but uh, you know it's it, it but you also have to you, you know the, there's you have to be in it for the long game and you can be in it for the short game too for the long game like uh, I, I adam i think i said to you earlier i'm moving a certain percentage of my budget over to social media i will not get a single sale from social media within the next probably six months to a year but the fact is, is I will build my brand so doggone strong and I will use other mediums to point people toward the Facebook Live, toward the YouTube videos, toward all these other things that um, that I'll start using the other medium also to point back to this, that eventually I will start being there and being seen as not only the expert, but one of the only experts in the area because I'm the one that they keep seeing over and over. Mm-hmm. But you're you're going to move a percentage over, right? Yes. You're not going to move like you're going you're not going to stop doing, say, direct mail. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, do you want me to go through my average month or uh, you know, of, of I, type of I do, I but at the end yeah. or okay. towards closer to the end, uh, okay. so. So talking about direct mail, uh, what kind of direct mail? I mean, direct mail is old school. I mean, why would you do that? Yeah, um, yeah nobody I mean, reads the we, mail anymore. When you got Facebook, I mean, all everybody reads Facebook and wants to know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, but, fa- but Facebook, Facebook is cluttered. I mean, how many friends do you have other than uh, Peter and I? Uh, well, my, 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 my mama loves me. I've got four. Six hundred plus people. It's a lot of noise. Exactly. It's a lot of noise. And getting yourself heard through that noise is very, very difficult. It, the same thing with direct mail. But the, the, the cool thing, I think, with direct mail is that um, is that so many people are moving away from it that it is also becoming the unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yes, you're still getting a lot of clutter, but uh, people are now moving to electronic forms more and more. I, I don't know how many of my colleagues have said to me, I'm not going to send paper newsletters anymore. I email a newsletter out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's great and that's dandy. But I mean, I have an e-newsletter that I send out every month and I have a paper newsletter and I make sure that they're different. So yeah. they're unique. So the person that's gained the same thing, uh, because of a certain percentage, I mean, my e-newsletter goes out to more than 12,000 people. My paper newsletter goes out to a distinct 600. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and, and those overlap some. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but uh, you know, I, I just, I believe that 
it's consistency, and it's the fact that I've gotten people who have called me because of the newsletter. I have a little thing in the newsletter that uh, the paper newsletter that is a um, that that is a question of the month, and mm -hmm. I still do get multiple people every single month who try to answer it to win the prize. Yeah, so I got a question for you. If somebody mm -hmm. yeah. emails, if you uh, send an email letter or you send a paper letter and someone emails you and says, you know, I prefer getting your uh, newsletter in the other format, like say, uh, you know, you get the paper version and they say, I prefer to get the uh, email version. Do you take them off your uh, paper list? I've never had that happen, but I would do that. However, since my paper newsletter and my e-newsletter have different articles in them have different even a different little comic in them they're completely hmm. different oh. uh, style and everything that well um, you know yeah and so my scenario is a little different i send the exact same electronic version as my print version and i have had i'm sending to a list of 650 and i have had people tell me hey uh, I'm getting your newsletter electronic. Will you please stop sending me the print version? And and I do that because they they've asked me to uh, because you know people are weird about getting annoyed of things. I'm like, yeah, I mean it it doesn't cost me anything to take them off the send you know printed mail list. If if I had someone who did that, I would definitely do it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I, I definitely would. But since, like I said, they're they're completely different. It, it there's no uh, no one's approached me with that yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. And you can, I, I had that happen a couple of times. People ask me to like, you know, I get this one, but I don't want the other one. I was just curious if that had happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and the you know the printed material is also at least for me ends up being a hybrid of. You know, I've got I've got the printed material, but if you want to get a consultation with us, either call or you can go to the web form and fill it out so they can get it instantly through the Internet. They don't have to <laughs> write up, OK, print it out, you know, write write your address and mail it to me and we'll get back with you in seven to ten business days. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But but what, I guess what, what my thing is, is that I don't think print is dead. And uh, but I will say uh, from a marketing standpoint that, yes, uh, my newsletter is a drip. I do send out a paper letter advertising a service and making an offer every single month. And I do have a telemarketer follow up, at least leaving a message, if not talking to the person every single month. So uh, I guess the, the big thing for um, the, the big thing for me is that. Uh, sending out a sales letter without a telemarketing follow-up is the same as putting a stamp on it and throwing it in the trash, in my mind. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. You know, so... so, so you, yeah. you just said a dirty word there. Um, trash? Telemarketing. Yeah, yeah I, was, it, I keep on that, too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is uh is that uh isn't that dead too? I mean, doesn't everybody have caller ID and just hang up on those people? 
in a small to medium-sized business, no, they pick up the phone every single time. Now, most people, they, I, I will say that a large percentage go to voicemail, but people start to listen to the voicemail. Even if they mm-hmm. don't continue listening to it, they start to listen to it. And remember, it is consistency and always being in front of their eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I get, I get, as a small business owner, everybody knows me, and then they say, oh, I, "Adam and I were talking about a deal," and I'm, I'm just calling to follow up on that. You know, they try that route to get in with me, and, and you're right. Even though I don't call them back, I, there's still part of me that I remember so and so from company whatever called, and if I ever need anything from that company, I'm gonna. Who was it that called me? You know, so it, even though I may not speak to them, it's not useless. Exactly. Exactly. It, it can be annoying at times, but it doesn't, it's not useless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you have, uh, well, I, I, you have in the, do you have cold calling happening as part, not just follow-up calls, but cold, call, pure cold calling? I don't because I didn't get a lot of success from it. Uh, I tried it for three to four months where essentially I took lists and they just, they cold called every single day, all day. And I I found very little success. Now it may have been the services that I was using. So I tried two different services, mm-hmm. but uh, it just didn't work for me. I have a colleague locally. That's all they do. Just cold mm-hmm. calling. That's how they get their new business in and they're growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to differentiate or make sure that it's clear, cold calling is when you have a list and you just call them out of the blue. Hey, this is our core and I'm in the area and you don't know about me and I want to get to know you. They've never contacted you or anything versus, hey, you've sent them a newsletter and I'm following up to, you know, see if you're interested in something in my newsletter the the cold calling is a lot harder than wanna following up yeah want to buy something hi want to <laughs> buy something <laughs> pretty much pretty much no and, and and i'll be honest our success with with the uh, follow-up calls has been the fact that not only are we calling on a um, uh, on on the sales letter, which has an offer for them, but we're also I also do uh, anywhere from one to two webinars every single month, and mm-hmm. they invite them to the webinar. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's kind of like in my uh, Infusionsoft, which is what we use for e campaigns. Uh, anything that it, the people are very engaged, five flames or greater, I try to call them every other month and personally invite them even on voicemail personally invite them to the follow to the next months or the next two weeks webinar uh Mm -hmm. just just again to get out there and to make sure that you know hey i'm the owner of this company i'm doing this webinar on uh ransomware i'm doing this webinar it's an outlook 101 see if anyone in your organization uh needs to brush up on Outlook. Uh, it's going to be at this time, this time. You, you go to this website in order to sign up for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you actually just said something else that I wanted to ask you about. So you said Infusionsoft. And Infusionsoft is, is a, a mailing campaign device, kind of like Constant Contact and MailChimp and My Emma and CRM, you know, and it, it can do a lot more than just doing an email blast. 
explain that. And you have the, I don't know if you mentioned flames or not, or what you know how okay. how the rating happens. Talk about email marketing. Well, there's there's I, I'm going to take Infusionsoft as the example here because they're they're just to me hands and above their competition right now. Uh, and the competition is is gaining, uh, is is catching up. But there are two things that are very very big here. One is as you send out emails, you weigh the response. The response can be that they opened it. A response can be they clicked inside of it to go somewhere. And um, a response can be not only did they click somewhere, but they signed up for something on that corresponding page that they clicked on. And it rates them by their engagement or interaction, and it puts a little flame next to their name. And you, um, like for opening it, you know, if you've opened something within the past 30 days, you get a quarter of a flame. If you've clicked on it, you get one more full flame and so forth. So you get anywhere from nothing to five flames. And a lack of engagement, like if they stop opening, they stop clicking on things, uh, that will go down over time as well. And so like in this case right now, while I have 12,000 emails that go out every single, uh, every single time I send in any type of campaign, uh, I may at any time have uh, six to 700 three flames and above and about 150 to 200 five flames. The five flames are the people that are very engaged. They're every time clicking and opening. They know who I am. They see my picture on those emails. They see the they see the things that I'm doing and they they want to interact with it. They want to read about it. So those are the most interested and engaged. Now the other part of this that is very, very important and I think almost equally as important as the flames is the fact that you can build a campaign. Um, and so let's say someone goes and I send out some information about a webinar. They click on it and it shows that they filled out the form to attend. So they would go into a uh, into a, a campaign where the day or a couple of days after the web or a couple of days after the webinar, um, it would it, it, I have it tied in so it would know whether they attended or not. If they didn't attend, it would say you can watch it on demand at on YouTube at the following link. Or if they did attend, it would set up a series of emails over a couple of weeks that do things like. Um, automatically invite them saying, saying, you know, hey, you were really interested, you know, you attended this webinar, you must be interested in computer security. I'd love to sit down and have coffee with you sometime. And I'd name a local coffee place. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. you sent and, me one of those once. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. And we, we debated if I was going to fly to you or you were going to fly to me. Um, <laughs> we could never catch a time. Coffee so, in the airport. <laughs> so, but but little things like this, you know, and 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 I've had people actually respond to those, and not mm -hmm. the you know it, it, not necessarily the coffee one in general. Although I have had people uh, respond saying they they just didn't have time, but they'd love to talk to me on the phone. But again, there's an engagement. Mm -hmm. So, so you mentioned webinars just then. Well, not just then, but you mentioned webinars. Um, talk about how webinars play into this. I use webinars 
for two things. One is to give back to the person without expectation of return. I, mm-hmm. I make them an offer at the end, but I'm, I'm going to quote uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, which is a, a, a guy who is very, very much into social media. And uh, he wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And essentially, essentially what it is, is give, 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 then ask for the sale. Mm-hmm. So that's this is one of my ways of giving. That's what my in, instructional things are. And so everything instructional that I do is a give, give, give so that they see value before I ask for a sale. And mm-hmm. um, so for my webinars, um, I, I try to, on a monthly basis, take and give something that is within a theme, like tomorrow is World Day on on. March 31st, I don't know when this is actually going to air, but March 31st, uh, 2017 is World Backup Day. I'll it will. Giving- it will air tomorrow. Well, actually, it'll air today. But so. Okay. okay. And Ooh, and uh, therefore, I'll, I'll have a webinar on uh, backup and business continuity. Now, my, my webinar is going to focus more on business continuity than backups, where backups are a part of your whole continuity plan. But it, it will it, it will tell them what they need to get started. Now they can use me, they can use another MSP, they can they can use whatever company they want to. What it is is to establish the um the urgency of something like that in addition to um giving them the path to move forward. Again, I'm giving. That's what my webinars are all about. I don't care if zero people attend a webinar, although I don't usually have that. Um I what I want is I want um, uh, I want to be able to not only give, but I want to also be able to put it on YouTube and get some great SEO from it as people who do views. Mm-hmm. SEO, what's that? Search engine optimization. Uh, the uh, well, I, I know you know what it is. I know yeah, I know. You're prompting me here. What it is 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 especially since uh, Google and YouTube are married, uh, it it has where as as you put things on YouTube and so forth, the more views you have on it, the higher the rating Google gives you when people type in and do a search on a particular topic that that video was on or, or that your company is. Uh, same, same thing is happening, by the way. And the reason I'm doing Facebook Live and I'm doing uh, Periscope uh, TV, which feeds into Twitter, is that the more live views and comments you get, the higher the rating within search engine optimization and more and more and more, those are pushing up your results in, in Google and Yahoo and Bing as well. Okay. Well, we'll talk. Let's talk about social media a little bit. So you mentioned Facebook, and talking about webinars and and Facebook Live. Um, so what do you think? What do you think about social media right now? Other than the neuroticism, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a double-edged sword for me. I love it and I hate it. Um, it it. it it's everyone is uh, here. Someone once said to me, you know, I should get a billboard because everyone driving by is, uh, you know, 
looks up and is seeing the billboard. Okay, great, fantastic. You have so many people. If there are passengers in a car, it doubles that. No, not anymore. Now your passenger has their face in their phone looking at their Facebook or looking at their Twitter feed. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, so how many people do you see that, you know, when, when, you, when the television goes to a commercial, if you don't have it on DVR, 90% of the family grabs their phone and is sifting through some type of social media. So mm -hmm. it's constantly there. I, I had a person who uh, mentioned to um, the one of the marketing groups that I'm with, mentioned to the head of it, said, no one looks at Facebook during the day. So he put a post out in, uh, he put a post out there and he, he had it just saying, okay, if it's nine to five year time, I want you just to say whether you're in Facebook, whether you've seen this and you're in Facebook. He had over 5,000 people respond within three hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was just, and, and, and you know, so, so that shows you that people are, whether it be on their lunch hour, whether it be just, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're at work. Up. work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, but the fact is, is that they're there. And, and so it's just, and the cool thing about social media is to get set up is it, it does cost you a bit. But once you're set up, a lot of it is, uh, unless you're doing ads on social media, which I do now, uh, but I don't do as much, um, it, it, you just putting the content out there and continually putting content out there, just little short two-minute videos, little blogs that are, I, I put out a blog article every, every other day. I retweet things. I, you know, there's, there's a whole set of things that I do. But, um, it, you know, it's free except for time. Mm-hmm. All it costs well, me is your time. Well, you know how I found our marketing group. It was LinkedIn. I was on. I was in LinkedIn, and the advertisement came up along the side of you know. It knew that I was an IT professional, and the advertisement was for marketing for IT professionals. And I'm like, is this uh, you know like one of those silly ads like? foods you should never eat because there's worms in your stomach, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was interesting. You know, I was like, well, maybe it, and I clicked it and you know, this, that was 2014 and here we are in 2017 and I'm still a member of the group. <laughs> exactly. More than some exactly. of us can say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Out of the three of us, you're the only one still a member. <laughs> well, hey, you're a member. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, it's I, working for him. Hey, hey yeah. I'll I'll tell you, mine was direct mail. I, I got mail. I got I got involved in that in in the same group that you're 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 in uh, with direct mail. Well, and and you know what the final the, the final straw was a direct mail uh, campaign. Uh, it, it, I got, wasn't, it wasn't because I was involved. Uh, well, no, I didn't know you yet. So I, I couldn't. <laughs> final straw. Uh, but final straw. But all of the other, you know, the website, the information that I got, the direct, the direct mailing from my interest in it, and then finally, um, well, it wasn't the final straw. It was the final straw was from my business standpoint. I, I told my wife, I was like, if we don't make this happen this year, if we don't turn this thing around and do something, I'm gonna get a job. <laughs> Because that's all I've got now. Instead of one boss, I've got 148 bosses, and they're all a pain. 
but I got that stupid monkey in the mail, those screaming monkeys. And that was the, uh, that was the, what threw me over at the top. I'm like, yes, I'm going to give, I'm going to give them money. <laughs> screaming monkeys. <laughs> screaming monkeys. Make you money. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I remember that you grabbed the monkey by the feet and you just like, you just like flipped it and it screamed and as it flew across the room. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> so it was a dumb campaign, but it was something that uh, you know it. For me, that was the final straw. For you know, for what everybody else is something else. Well, so, everybody has a has a breaking point, and now we know yours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> send you the monkey in the mail. <laughs> I think I've got my screaming monkey upstairs somewhere. I'll have to get it, and next time you have me on here, I'll I'll demonstrate the screaming monkey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we let the dog eat ours. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one uh, one old school thing that I don't want to forget is is canvassing. And I've done canvassing, and and you've also done canvassing. Are you still doing canvassing right now? Um, the person that was doing my canvassing uh, is uh, I, I pretty much almost always have students doing it, and uh, the person that was doing it, she had to uh, concentrate on her schoolwork because it's getting to the end of the semester, so she asked to have a break until summer. Um, so I am probably I'm going to keep her in the summer, but I'm also going to be getting another person to do it. Uh, canvassing has been phenomenal for me. Cool. Um, why? Explain what it is. Okay. Uh, canvassing is essentially door-to-door -door marketing. I'm not going to say door-to-door -door sales because your best canvasser that you can ever have is someone that, uh, from an MSP standpoint, because I'm, I'm talking about selling computer services here because uh, that's what I do, but it, it doesn't matter what, you, what you're doing. It could be whatever. It's someone who doesn't know anything about computers and uh, services and someone who doesn't know your product line because their whole job is to walk into a business and I uh, give them some information and get in return the person who is the proper point of contact for whatever you're trying to sell. And so you can go back and depending on how much information they have, uh, they, they, a lot of times they'll give you their email address, boom, they're on e-campaign. They'll give you your, the, their phone number and their address. In, in my case, how many computers they have, who's currently supporting their computer system, you know, four or five little questions. Mm -hmm. um, and then they walk out and go on to the next. Uh, my average marketing right now is that I can have a person work three days a week uh, for anywhere from two and a half to three and a half hours a day. And I can get, the, they, can, uh, they can have walked into 50 places by the end of the week. And uh, out of that, I'm getting three to four um, solid leads that are within, within my target market. Mm-hmm. And uh and those are and those are good because I know exactly who to contact. And uh hey, they don't get the email address. I go to Hunter on onto Hunter IO uh to get it, or I go on to one of the other sites, I could do that. I invite the person on LinkedIn because I don't want to friend them on Facebook yet, although that's something that I'm being told I've got to do. Uh but I put them on <laughs> LinkedIn. I um and then uh, I many times personally call them. And uh, they they become warm leads, and uh, you know I've been doing this consistently, and I would say that I average about one sale every two months just off the canvassing. 
Nice. I can trace back to its origin of Canvas. Mm-hmm. So, so that leads me. So, how large is your marketing department? How many how many people is doing all this work? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I I have two marketing assistants that are 10, 15 people, right? Yes, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I I have two marketing assistants right now that do things as as the, as little things as handwriting envelopes, stuffing envelopes, and um, you know, doing doing things like that, and uh, you know, helping with printing and uh, doing doing a lot of the paper things, and also helping me with recording videos and so forth. I have another very very part time person that essentially internet stalks people that we found to see you know if if we don't have how many computers if we don't have who the contact person is if we don't know anything about the company they internet stalk the company so that they can uh, come back and say is you know whether this is a valid person or not and she's real part time um, and then I farm out most of my marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the actual design work, uh, the, everything like that to a local, to a, a, a U.S. based marketing company. Uh, and so, and then I do the rest of it. Essentially, I am a sales and marketing company that sells computer services. Nice. Well, he has <laughs> drunk the Kool-Aid. <laughs> 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 so I did I did a I did a Google search here real quick and uh and of course statistics can say whatever you want but statistics said you know only 2% of businesses are spending above 20% on their marketing budget and it, it's safe to say that business should should spend between 1% and 10%. Uh would you say you're you're you know with ballparking in that that arena of I ballpark ar- yeah I'd say I ballpark around 10 percent mm-hmm. um you know it, it the the hard part for me is I'm getting MRR it, monthly recurring revenue increases every single month mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily increase my marketing every single month right so uh but some months I do more marketing than others so I mean, and and I've I, and between January and now, I've done phenomenally. I've I've done fantastic. Uh, so it is. Um, so so I have to say that I haven't done a new calculation, but I was doing about ten percent. Well, and, and I guess that that number probably changes because when when we were hundred thousand dollar companies, you know, mm-hmm. ten thousand dollars on marketing was a whole lot of. Oh yeah, you know a whole lot of it really hurt to spend ten thousand dollars on marketing, and so I, I, you know, if we were a billion dollar company, no way would we spend ten percent on it. But one percent's a lot of money towards marketing, you know, out of a billion. I mean, even out of a, yeah. even out of a half a million, uh, yeah. you know, three or four percent is uh, is still you're still spending money on marketing. So, uh, how much time? And of course, I. You know, we are in the SMB market, so uh, we are working a little bit harder than a mid-sized company who's got 100 people. So in your current stage, how much time do you actually work in marketing on average? 
I would say on average, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna peel it away from sales, and I'm gonna say this is not that I'm actually um, that I'm actually out on a sales call, but mm-hmm. I will consider phone calls and things like that. I probably spend about 25 to 28 hours a week. I would say minimum. I uh, yeah. if 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 probably. To be honest, it probably is closer to thirty. Mm-hmm. And and you're you're making up time for that somewhere else. You just can't do that because you're you're running a company too. This is not the only yeah. thing you do. <laughs> so so you don't sleep, right? No, I don't. I really don't sleep. <laughs> I, you know, you, you know, the, the thing is, my wife gets up early, so um, so I when I, I get from the time she goes to bed until uh, between midnight and one in the morning, and then I'm up at five every morning. And I spend an hour doing um, marketing before I leave. Mm-hmm. So, so that essentially gives me uh, about two and a half hours every single day. Nice, nice. So then, do you have anything else that uh, that I may not have brought up marketing we need to consider? Radio, TV. I mean, I just don't think we're in that arena yet in the SMB. But you know. No, no, no. It really, it really, there, there isn't. There isn't. I, I honestly believe right now that a combination of, um, a combination of first, you know, and I'm not doing these in any order, guys. I'm not doing them in any order. Uh, direct mail. Uh, telemarketing, usually in follow up, because again, we we talked about not doing cold calls. Um, the social media and then the other forms of internet marketing that are out there, whether it be Google AdWords, whether it be, um, uh, whether it be direct mail, things like that. The, those are really in the SMB market. Those to me are the big, are the big guys. Mm-hmm. Nice. So what's the silver bullet? You know, the magic, the, the secret sauce. <laughs> consistency consistency uh-huh. i think I, I would agree with that i would do, agree with that it's not uh it's and, not and, easy and, work yeah and it's hard work it's, it's it's do the hard work and i here i had a person call me uh because i i with the marketing company i'm at uh, i'm also um assisting in a accountability group with that and I had someone call me the other day and he said, Tim, I just don't have time for the marketing. How do you do it? What do you do? What did you do when you were a one person operation like I am? Uh, you know, and, and he's from like uh, somewhere in Texas. And I said, you, he said, I just don't have time. I'm servicing customers. I said, just concentrate on staying up one more hour every single day or getting up a half hour earlier every day or taking two hours of every Saturday, whatever it is, but take some dedicated marketing time and actually do it and work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. And Mm -hmm. I said, if you work hard and you're consistent, you'll start getting the sales in over time and you'll be able to grow like I grow grew and I'm no longer a one person operation. I'm to the point where I do have to do very little tech work and I do mostly running and management of my company. Mm -hmm. Nice. 
Well, and one other thing that you you said that I want to uh, just expound on real quickly is uh, drip. You mentioned drip, and and drip means that you know, like your newsletter, they're getting that every month. It's just still something here. that keeps still you here. still here. Peter's still, still here. here. <laughs> yep, still here. And uh, you know, I had a client that uh, I was changing business models from from break fix to more along the lines of managed services. And I explained to a client, you know, that this is the way that we're going. Um, I need you to convert to this way. And, you know, I'm not saying it's my way or the highway, but I'm really saying that as nice as I possibly can, uh, because you are not getting the best service that you deserve. And I can't provide it the way that you want me to. And, and he didn't understand it. You know, he said, well, you know, we'll just agree to part ways as friends and, and we'll move on. And he was actually an ideal client for me and had been a decent client. And uh, but I left him on my drip campaign. I, you know, I stopped providing them service. And uh, last week he called me back. He said, you know, I I have somebody, you know, I've got another peer of mine in in Clarksville and they got hit with ransomware. And now I can see what you were talking about. I need maintenance. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> but because I kept, I kept out there and then, you know, kept in front of him, he remembered me. Not that he wouldn't have remembered me having done their IT before. But it's that, that drip keeping in front of him. Still here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I did, I did make mention to you when you told me that earlier that, uh, that as far as I'm concerned, ransomware is doing a ton of the sales work for us. Oh, yeah. 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 Tim and I came up with a new, a new plan. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to find companies that we really want to engage with them and go on social media, find out who their friends are and infect them with ransomware and malware that way that they'll tell the company that we want to use us. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be uh, that, that might be illegal. Really? Oh, oh, really? Boy. oh man! Oh boy! Adam, oh. Adam, the, uh, the Peter. Can you imagine this? Peter is the voice of reason. Peter <laughs> is the voice of reason in our group. You know, it's it's funny. That's the second time this week someone has said something like that. Because, um, <laughs> a friend of mine last night, we were out looking at the new uh, condo that I'm buying, and she was saying, you know, like, oh, I hope it's not a bunch of, you know, rich, stuck-up money snobs, because then you're going to be the crazy liberal guy down at the end of the complex. <laughs> and I said, yeah, me, the crazy liberal. Oh, 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 no, Peter's, Peter's a crazy liberal. I'm going to hang up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Only compared to some. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, I did want to uh, get our quote correct. So it was, uh, this quote has been summarized in a number of different ways, uh, but it was by Samuel Goldwyn, the, the famous film producer. The harder I work, the luckier I get. You know, talking you about the go. relationship between mm -hmm. work and luck. So, but we got the quote right. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, Tim, I'm glad that you got to come on the show with us again. I am um, too. Although I didn't hear nearly enough from Peter. I, this was this was all about you this time, buddy. I didn't want it to rain on rain on your parade. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, when I asked Peter, he said, "Yeah, that'll be fine," because I'm still not talking to Tim. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell Tim I'm still not talking to him. 
and, and, and don't forget to tell Peter that, uh, you know, I, I really missed his not talking on this. <laughs> well, yeah, I, depending on the closing time tomorrow, maybe uh, Peter can uh, be on your World Backup Bidet conference. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Bus, business, what is it? Businesscontinuity.solutions. There you go. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, very good, Tim. Thanks for being with us. If uh, if anybody, had, any of our listeners, if you have feedback or if you'd like to discuss a particular topic, you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. And uh, uh, Tim, in order to end the show, you have to uh, hit the big red button. You know how to do that? Um, last time I actually hit the big red button and closed off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not quite sure how to hit the big red button. <laughs> I well, think so you know. Yeah. <laughs> big red button. Yep. That's it. <laughs> to contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.